0: recorded person in the bible Amen. and uh his name means when uh, when it comes or when he dies it, it it will happen and he's speaking about the flood and methuselah is just an amazing example of how long-suffering god is and uh verse 22 and enoch walked with god after he begat methuselah 300 years and beget sons and daughters and all the days of enoch were 360 and five years And Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. We studied this a couple years ago, but reminder that Enoch, uh, described here in the Bible, walked with God. Walked with God in 365 years and God took him. Was not for God, took him. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says that Enoch had this testimony. Before he was translated, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And the next verse says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so we think about Enoch walking with God. He literally walked with God. I believe just like Adam and Eve walked in the, the cool of the day there with the Lord and the theophany of Jesus Christ walking with, with Adam and Eve, I believe Enoch literally walked with God. I think he was so close to God and God so close to him and that one day they just said, hey, you're closer to, you're, you're closer to my home than yours. Just come on. And God took him. He literally walked with God. Now we, we can't literally walk with God. Uh, physically, God no longer speaks that way. I, I, it just boggles my mind many times people come to me in and, and counseling and other things and say, well, the Lord gave me a vision. Uh, the Lord doesn't give visions anymore. Uh, the Bible says, God who at sundry time, diverse manner, spake in time past under the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. He only speaks through his son and he speaks through the written word and that's it. And so when we say walk with God, we can't literally walk with God as Enoch literally walked with God, but we can walk with the written word. He walked with the living word. We can walk with the written word. And so we walk with God by reading our Bibles. So uh, if you haven't started again this year, or maybe you're still through it, I told, uh, uh told brother Tyler King that I'm, I'm like in, uh, I'm in second Kings somewhere, but, but you read, just keep reading through, keep going and, um, just keep trucking. And, God will bless that. Walk with God in Bible reading, daily prayer. We, we know the things we learned since we were little kids in Sunday school. Some of you may have been saved later on in life. Just those very basics of Christianity, walking with God is so very important. Enoch walked with God and, God, and was not for God, took him. Again, Hebrews says that before he was translated, he had this testimony that he pleased God. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. So Enoch had the testimony that he pleased God. So his walk with God was proven out by his works. Others around saw a difference in Enoch. He, had, he pleased God. He had the testimony. In other words, when the Old Testament tells us that he pleased the Lord, you know, he was not. God took him. Uh, he walked with God. But the New Testament tells us that he had the testimony others knew that he walked with God and that he pleased God. How would, they, how would others know that? How would other people know that he walked? Was it just, just by him telling them? No, he had the testimony. In other words, his life lived it. His life lived out his faith. Um, James said, you, you, you show me your faith, I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is dead. So, so Enoch walked with God in that he uh, had a testimony that he pleased God because he walked by his works. As we walk with the Lord, it ought to be proved out in our life. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Others ought to be able to see Jesus in us. They ought to be able to see uh, as we imitate the Lord Jesus Christ, as we'll talk about tonight a little more. Walk with him. And then lastly, we, we won't turn there, but in the book of Jude, chapter nothing, it says that Enoch was a preacher. He was a prophet. Enoch... Uh, Preached, he prophesied concerning the Lord's return. He's a preacher of righteousness. So not only did he walk with God, not only did he have a testimony that he pleased God, but he told others about the Lord's return. And as we go into the new year, let us be reminded that the most important and greatest thing that we can do for somebody else is to give them the gospel. You know, be good unto all men especially those of the household of faith. But if you're going to be good unto all men, the greatest good you can do for someone is to give them the gospel. Somebody was sharing with me this week that something had happened in their life, some devastating event had happened in their life, and all of a sudden, they just kind of woke up to the fact that they need to be sharing their faith. I said, well, we've been preaching that all along. You know, you should share your faith, and it shouldn't take an event in life to wake you up to share your faith. No, we all should share our faith, and we all should do a better job of sharing our faith. And that includes giving out tracts and telling co-workers and family and friends and neighbors and everybody the good news that Jesus Christ is going to return. That Jesus Christ died and he was buried, that he rose again for us and have given us eternal life. And in this dark day, they they, they need the good news. We need that good news. Enoch walked with God. Walked with God, a testimony that he pleased God, and therefore he witnessed concerning so one two three soul winning right there one two three soul winning we need to be soul winners we need to tell others of jesus christ are you walking with god tonight do you have a daily walk with the lord are you walking the course of this world are you walking the walking with jesus look at ephesians chapter five and we've preached this before look at verse one and two be therefore followers of god as dear children Followers of God, as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless the time, bless the reading of your word. I pray in this new year that you would enable us through your Holy Spirit to walk with you in a greater way. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. There it says, we are to be, it says, therefore, followers of God as dear children, as dear children. Children learn by imitating mom and dad, don't they? Right. And uh, this is a simple illustration, but it works every time. Uh, you know, I, I walk a little bit like my dad walks. If you talk to me very long, I talk a little bit like my dad talks. In fact, when I answer the phone, I say, howdy, and he says, howdy. We both say the same greeting. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, we we look a lot alike. Uh, that's because I was born of him, right? Uh, our, our children will imitate us. Our children are watching us. And we ought to be imitators of the Lord. Amen. We ought to be imitators of the Lord. Christ-like. Being a Christian means being Christ-like or imitators. Therefore, be therefore followers of God. Again, because of what God has done for us. We've been... And chapter four talks about taking off the old man, putting on the new man. That He's given us this new life, and may we imitate Him. May we imitate the Lord. May we walk worthy of the calling. Um, be followers or imitators of Him. God has revealed Himself through His Son, and it is God who's conforming us to the image of His Son. Again, we don't uh, we understand that the predestination talked about in the Bible is not a predestination to salvation. But a predestination to uh, be conformed to the image of his son. That every Christian, every born again believer is, is being worked on by God to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. He's working on us every day. And, and sometimes it's uh, positive reinforcement, sometimes it's negative reinforcement, like we do with our children, right? And so God is working on us, conforming us to the image of his son. God works all things together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Again, that he might conform us to the image of his son. Verse 29. Children. Um, Again, the Bible uses two different ways to uh, illustrate for us how we are brought into the family of God, right? We are born again. Amen? We know that there in John chapter 3. You must be born again. And so there is one way in which we understand how we are How we become a babe in Christ, and then we find throughout the New Testament that He continues to illustrate that by way of Paul and His epistles that we are to take the milk of the Word, the meat of the Word, Amen, and the bread of life, and and we go from being babes in Christ to being toddlers to being you know young uh, to being teenagers to adults, and we are to grow in the Lord, Amen. But then again, secondly, the Bible many times in the New Testament refers to us as children or uh, talks about the adoption of children. In other words, that we are adopted into the family of God and uh, as sons. In fact, Ephesians and other places talk about us being adopted as sons and adopted as daughters of the Lord. So it's not just analogized for us by way of being born into the family of God and being a babe, but we're also adopted the family of God as adults. And this is important because so many times we, we get in a position where we think that, well, I haven't been a Christian very long, therefore I can't do this. Uh, that's not true. Uh, when we are born in the family of God, yes, we're children and we grow in the Lord, but as we are adopted in the family of God, we're adopted in the family of God as, as, as adults. And therefore we have all the tools necessary as adults to carry out the Christian life, to live the Christian life. And that's, Ephesians really emphasizes this. In other words, we have all the tools we need uh, we have all the wealth we have in Christ uh, right at our feet, at the very beginning of salvation, right from the very start. You don't have to wait to gather all these tools together. They're given to us that we might be imitators of Christ, that we might live out the Christian life. So we are children. We're adopted in the family of God. Uh, chapter 1, verse 6 says we are accepted in the beloved. We are Chapter 2, verse 19 of Ephesians says we are fellow citizens of the household of faith old song says, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I'm thankful I'm a part of the family of God. Anyone who's saved is a part of God's family. No matter what church they attend, no matter what, that we are a part of the family of God. Uh, they, there are some, those who are mistaken, who call us all a part of the body of Christ. That's a whole different teaching, a whole different doctrine. And there are not... There are not, there's not one big body of Christ out there there's individual bodies of Christ which are the churches uh, represented individually so when you say uh, I'm glad I'm a part of the body of Christ you're saying I'm glad I'm part of Heritage Baptist Church when you say you're part of the family of God that means you're part of the family of all Christians around the world alright so just thought I'd throw that in tonight a little extra adopted you're saved and you're adopted in the family of God we are to walk in love. Walking in love, true love, can only be realized by somebody who's saved. Because you have to have a new nature to really understand and to experience and to, and to love as Christ would love. And somebody who's not saved doesn't have the new nature. And so we are children of God and therefore we are to be imitators of our Heavenly Father. In other words, we will to be imitators of our Dad. Our Dad. I don't mind, and I, I, I would hope I could be half the dad my dad was and imitate him. But the greatest person I can imitate is my Heavenly Father, who has no flaws, <laughs> who, who is perfect, who, who loves like no one else loves. My dad, I know, loves me, and I'm thankful for that, but his love isn't perfect. My Heavenly Father's love is perfect. Amen. We're to walk in love. We're to, we, if, we are to be imitators of the Lord. And then we see here in verse 2, it says, And walk in love in Christ also, as Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us. First thing we see about this love is this love is a liberal love. A liberal love. Not, not politically liberal or, uh, you know, liberal when it comes to doctrine. But liberal, liberality. Uh, in other words, God loves us beyond measure. That word, for God so loved... What if it just said, for God loved? It doesn't say that in John 3 16. It says, For God so loved. That's because that little word so cannot be measured. God so loved us. You can't measure God's love. It's infinite. Let me understand let you understand tonight that God's love for you is infinite. As you approach the new year, God loves you infinitely. Loves you. God spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all. God loved liberally, gave his son for us. It's a pattern for us. Christian love is a sacrificial love. As we've studied the book of Philippians, we know that true joy is is experienced by doing for others, by being selfless. And if we are imitators of Christ, we would love others as we love ourselves. Follow the pattern of Jesus Christ. Think about it for a moment. If, if just the Christians in America and just the Christians around the world would love as Jesus loved, a sacrificial love, that would make an impact in the world today. I'm talking about just the Christians. I'm not talking about the guy down the street who, who, who doesn't care less and uh, could care less about the Lord and the things of God. I'm talking about just the Christians. If, they, if we truly loved and imitated God as we should, it would impact the world. It would impact the world. Again, we think about Enoch had a testimony that he pleased God. It's what others said about him. Uh, growing up, I remember the preacher many times illustrating, you know, by saying, uh, "If you were to stand in the court of law, could uh, could a, you know could they convict you of being a Christian just by your actions? Uh, you know, could others could they bring witnesses up to the to the podium to 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 testify?" Uh, that you live out a Christian life during the week? Well, Enoch apparently did because he had the testimony that he pleased God. Others around him, it's what others said about him, not what he said about him and not even necessarily what God said about him. What others said about Enoch. What do others say about you? What do others say about me? Would they say of you, you know, that he is a a nice person, that he is a, a kind person, that he is a loving person? Would, would others say about you that she's a nice person, that she's a kind person, that she's a loving person? Or would they say, he's a hateful person? You know, he, he's a selfish person. He's not kind. Uh, she's a selfish person. You know, she, she gossips and she talks about others behind their back and whatever the case may be. I didn't mean to pick on the women that way. Sorry. Sorry. No, you know, the, the thing would be that others would say about you that you are loving and that you are kind and that you are you're gracious. That should be the testimony that we have. And no doubt that the testimony that, that Enoch had, Enoch pleased God. And that pleasing God was by way of his works, by what he did. The fruit of the Spirit, right? We could turn back just a couple of pages. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 If we're led by the Spirit, we walk in the Spirit, verse 16 of chapter 5, we will produce fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, is love. Very first on the list. And again, understand that this is not the fruits of the Spirit, it's singular, fruit of the Spirit, which means if you have one, you have them all. The first one you have, if you have love, if you really do have love, as First Corinthians describes that love in chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. If we are led by the Spirit, we are walking in the Spirit, <coughs> then we will love others. Again, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And these are the, the characteristics that should be evident in our lives. Every one of us as Christians, the, this is the attributes that ought to be very evident in our lives every day. These are, this is what others should say about us. He's gentle. He's long-suffering. He's loving. He's joyful. He's peaceful. He's good. He's, he's got faith. He's meek. He's temperate. Amen? And the new year, this is, what, this is how others should describe us. We ought to be imitators of Christ. We ought to love sacrificially, love sacrificially. We think about this with working in the church and working for others and doing for others, that it does take sacrifice to do that. It takes sacrifice to teach a class and to reach a class. It takes sacrifice on your part to come out and be here uh, you know, to work at the Fall Fest uh, and spend all day here. Uh, come for the walk through Bethlehem and spend uh, three separate days and a Sunday afternoon, even though we fed you, I think, but uh, you know to to have that time, sacrifice the time, master clubs and getting ready for that and I, I just think about all the things we do, all the things we do are are, are sacrificial, and they 're worth it, yeah. showing our love to others, imitating our Savior. Love not only is sacrificial, but love forgives. Well, this is a big one and as we go into the new year. That Christ gave all that, he might be, that we might be forgiven. Christ gave all that we might be forgiven. Look back at Ephesians chapter 5. And walk in love that Christ also loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Forgiveness. Jesus Christ was given in order that we might be forgiven. He was a sweet-smelling sacrifice. To be imitators of God, we must love sacrificially, but we also must understand that love forgives. Christ gave all that we might be forgiven. He was that Old Testament burnt offering on the cross. In other words, the burnt offering was in, in required the, 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 all the animal to be burnt. To be completely consumed, to give that animal, had to give his all. Christ gave all that he had when he died on the cross. All that he had, he gave his life for us. We have the meat offering, which pictures Christ's sinlessness, his purity. We have the peace offering. I'm talking about the five major offerings in the Old Testament. Five major offerings in the Old Testament are the burnt offering, the meat offering, the peace offering... The peace offering speaks of Christ's work his reconciling God to man. The sin offering that Christ became sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And the last offering is the trespass offering. And that is Christ not only did he pay for our sins and I mean not only did he come and become sin for us as our substitute, but he paid for our sins. He paid for the penalty of, he paid the penalty of sin for all mankind. He also, in doing so, in doing so, um, satisfied God's wrath upon sin. Christ died for all mankind. Trespass offering also had to do with ill will. God no longer looks down upon us and God does not look upon us in wrath. He doesn't, say, well, they got saved and Jesus gave them, but I don't like them. No. Uh, no, Christ uh, paid the price for that. He, he paid He paid it all. Christ gave all that he had. Love forgives. Jesus forgave all. <laughs> I still get it everyone. You know, remember when you were little kids and uh, if you had siblings especially, and you might say to a sibling, um, you know, maybe, maybe you know, a fight takes place, maybe not requiring physical fight, but, you know, just a, a misunderstanding as children. And one of the kids will spout out, you know, you hear the, the adult comes in, tries to do the reconciling, and one of the kids will spout out and say, well, I forgave him last time. It's his turn. You remember that? None of y'all ever experienced that? No? Kids do that, you know. Adults do that too. It's like I did the forgiving last time. You know, she needs to forgive me this time. Well, she needs to say she's sorry this time. I said I was sorry first last time. It's 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 comical sometimes that adults would do that. See, Jesus Christ forgave everybody. Uh, he didn't spout off. You know, no, he just forgave. Love, love forgives. In fact, he said forgive 70 times 70. That's a tough one. It basically means we ought to forgive every time. Well, I forgave him once, I forgave him twice, and that's it, you know. Fool me once, shame on me, whatever, right? That's the world's philosophy, by the way. It's not the Lord's philosophy. No, we forgive. We forgive, and we forgive, and we forgive, just as Jesus Christ forgave us. Jesus said that we are to love our enemies, That's tough. You can't do that without the new nature. You can't do that without the Holy Spirit inside of you. No, we're to love each other. We're to love with a sacrificial love. We're to love with a forgiving love. In fact, Christ gave all for us. And then on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He forgave those who crucified him. And yet many times we have difficulty forgiving someone who done something trivial to us. Especially trivial can, if you compare it with Jesus Christ's death on the cross, amen. And I'm not not making little of whatever problem you may have with someone else, but in this new year, you need to get that settled. You need to you need to forgive that individual. <coughs> the forgiven, and you've heard this and you know it. The you know it's not hurting the other individual that you haven't forgiven them. Most of the time, you're the one that's got the you know the buildup on the inside that needs to be uh, let go. And that only happens when you forgive them. Just forgive them. Pray for them. Pray for those who despitefully use you. I, I get that question all the time. Well, uh, preacher, I don't know how to forgive them. I don't know how to do that. Well, the Bible says how to do that is to pray for them and do for them. i don't forget, I was at a conference one time and, and uh, a preacher preached on that. He preached on the principle of, of how to forgive someone, practically speaking. And he was talking about praying for them and then also doing something for that individual that would help in forgiving them. And I'll never forget, I got back, there was an issue that I was having with someone and I gave them something. In fact, to this day, they don't know that I really gave it to them, but I gave them something. You know what, it did, it did help me. I gave them something pretty valuable. Just, just it, it helped me. Doing for them. Praying for them. The greatest thing you can do for someone that you have an issue with is to pray for them. Call their name out. And I promise you, as you call their name out in prayer day after day after day after day, it may not change them, but it'll change you. God has to change them. But you know what? Your heart will change if you'll pray for them. Forgive them. Christ forgave everyone. Christ forgave all mankind. We ought to love in this new year as Christ loved with a sacrificial love to our neighbor and our friends and our family. It's daddy and mama sacrificing for kids. Kids sacrificing for mom and daddy. It's, it's, you know, it's friends sacrificing for friends. It's neighbor sacrificing for neighbor. And on and on and on. That we, that we sacrifice with, a, with a, the, that kind of love. And then forgive each other. Forgive each other. Walk in love. To be imitators of Jesus Christ. To have a sacrificial love and a forgiving love. Again, we can't love the say without the new nature. I hope tonight you know you're saved. I know you're saved. Have you experienced the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ? You need salvation. The only way we can love is to remember what God did for us in giving his son to die on the cross for us. Remember the tools for walking with, walking with God, walking worthy and walking in love are already given to you. You have the tools at your disposal. And then again, we're back to that practical matter. You can know all this, and you know it's Bible, and you know it's truth, but do you practice it? And that's the thing. It's practicing it. We get in the habit, we're not careful of being selfish and not showing our love to our family as we should, not showing love to our fellow Christian as we should, to our, again, those around us and let us this new year walk in love how's your daily walk Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him though we can't walk physically with God we can walk with him in in the word and I hope that you're walking in the word and then Enoch had the testimony that he pleased God for without faith it's impossible to please God faith without works is dead James says so if you're going to walk with God then you're then your walk ought to prove it. <laughs> your life should prove that walk. And then the outflow of that, the fruit of that, is to tell others of Jesus Christ, to witness to others. The greatest love you can show to someone else is to give them the gospel. But but, but back up. Your, your, your witness won't be effective unless you really love, unless they see that testimony in you. Remember old, old Lot, you know, Lot said, uh, hey, um, God's fixing to rain down fire and brimstone upon the place. He said this to his family. I need to get everybody out. Everybody needs to leave. And the Bible says that his family laughed at him. Because he didn't have a testimony. Mm. Now, let's, let's, let's have that. Let's walk with the Lord. Let's love as Jesus loved. Let's forgive as he forgave. And uh, let's tell others of Jesus Christ's love for us. All right, let's all stand. 2020 is here. Goodness. What unbelievable. Here we go. Let us as a church and as individuals walk in love. Hymn 155, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Hymn 155, after we pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the testimony of Enoch and the illustration of his life. May we live out the Christian life by way of our walk. And Lord, may we love with a sacrificial love. And Lord, may we forgive as we ought to forgive in this new year. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlitt.org.